This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day Lead Magnet Magic Challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offer seen by your ideal clients. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. As our businesses grow, we often hit a plateau and we can't take anymore. It seems like we're bursting at the seams. Time becomes short, tensions flare, and even though we're in business for ourselves, we discover we've created another job for ourselves. Where's the promise of freedom and owning our own business? There is help, and AI can make it even more powerful, profitable, scalable, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where passion meets entrepreneurship and dreams become reality. I'm Paul Guyon, your Lead Machine coach, host, and international best-selling author, tech and marketing expert, and I'm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs, coaches, solo entrepreneurs tackle their tech, master their message, and design their dream. Are you ready to unleash your full potential and achieve extraordinary results? Then you're in the right place. We'll dive deep into the strategies, insights, and stories of trailblazers who have overcome the obstacles of technology, marketing, and mindset, and are making a huge, and I mean huge, impact on their audiences and customers. So buckle up, get ready for an exhilarating ride with inspiration, motivation, and practical advice, whether you're just starting out or looking to take your business to the next level. Let's get this conversation started and turn your dreams into reality. Our guest today is. Bijel Parmar. Thank you. I should have asked you that. And he's been advising entrepreneurs about productivity and outsourcing to virtual assistants since 2009, which is which is an eternity in uh, in internet years, isn't it? He is. Yeah, he's pioneered a home based VA model, which I think is what really attracted to me, uh, which now includes AI modeling, which is another intriguing factor. Uh, he's often asked to speak at workshops, masterminds, and networking groups. And I met Bijel at an AI conference, and I was so intrigued with this message, I invited him on the show. So uh, after reading the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, he hired three virtual assistants and started his first VA business. Several weeks later, he started working with a call center and over the next 10 years, helped grow that business from 100 to over 500 VAs. That's amazing. In 2019, he started his third VA business, this time pioneering a unique home-based VA model. Today, clients worldwide delegate their busy work to his team of VAs. 
fast forward time, uh, fast forward today, time challenged professionals and entrepreneurs look to his unique AI trained VA human services supported by virtual AI advisors. His vital action priority planning productivity program to boost efficiency, profit, productivity. There's a lot of P's in there and profits. Audiences globally have been entertained by his costume presentations and inspired by the story how he and his family had to leave the U.S. in 2010 and how they embarked on a five-year travel work global schooling adventure. He has spoken on stages in eight countries and asked to speak at workshops, masterminds, and networking groups. And I'm so pleasure and pleasured and also honored to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thank Welcome. you so much, Paul, for having me. Yeah, you bet. So the thing that intrigued me about your presentation on the, I think it was the AI Unleashed or was it AI Advantage? One of those two. I was on both of them. Uh, you should have been on both. Um, was the way you established the home-based business, they're geocentric and they're, uh, there's something in there that I was really impressed by was was the ethical way that they're treated and how that you've built a community. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know we're kind of starting in the middle, but. No, that's, that's totally what... fine because I think it's really important because I'm, I'm pretty sure your listeners have probably heard about virtual assistants. Maybe many have, may have even read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. That was really the book that kind of got me um, started in the in industry, but really it also w woke me up to you know, 10 years of struggle as an entrepreneur, I realized I was doing it wrong, that, you know, wow. we, we are not meant to do everything, right? I mean, we go from right. workshop to workshop and event to event. And all we do is we learn more and more stuff. And we end up doing less and less stuff. And it was when I when I read that book, I realized, okay, you know, this is, you know, game changer for me, even though it's almost so obvious, because the word business itself, you know, if anyone's read the book, uh, um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, he talks about the transition from being self-employed to a business owner. So if anyone today is listening and they're you know, self-employed, which means that you know, you're doing everything yourself or you're doing a majority of stuff yourself, the first step towards being a true business owner or being a business owner is to learn how to delegate, right? So let's, let's unpack what you just shared. Yeah. So 10 years, seen the good, the bad, uh, the ugly, and the dark side of this industry. And what I mean by that is, Paul, is that a lot of these agencies that are, that are former call centers, um, you know, they'll charge a two to five times markup um, to their clientele. And most clients are none the wiser that, you know, that that's an issue. But yeah. it's only an issue because a lot of these same call centers underpay their VAs. Look, there's such a high demand for work in these countries. And I, I specialize, my team's in the Philippines, that there's always going to be somebody to take a job for $1.50. Now, you, you, you know, hopefully just raised a few eyebrows. I did say $1.50. And I'm not wow. talking about, you know, um, the little people. I'm talking about big companies that are leveraging outsourcing companies in the Philippines. They then turn around and hire people locally. And many of the VAs who work for me were, you know, on hourly wages that would equate to about $1.50 to maybe $2.50, even some of my senior managers. Now, what happens is two things. One, they typically are hiring, you know, uh, very entry level VAs, a very high churn rate of, of VAs. Yeah. But also the VAs are often forced to go, you know, work through the night, which, which, you know, many of them accept. But now they're leaving home, say, 9 10 p.m they work all night in these call centers they come back home they don't get to see their, with you know with their family with their kids and stuff and they're struggling to make ends meet so they basically take a few hours of rest 
and now they take on other work to just try and make the 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 you know pay the bills. Yeah. So this wow. is some of the stuff that you know the awareness. Now on the other side, obviously clients are paying that two to five times markup. So mathematically speaking, if you are if someone's hired, gone through an agency and they're paying say ten dollars or more to an agency, at bare minimum they're paying the VA five dollars. If they if that's if if the VAs are lucky, typically as I said, it's less than that. So the other option is you go and hire somebody directly. You know, so you, you find somebody on, on, on Fiverr or Upwork or whatever. Now, most of these VAs are more project-based VAs. What we look for is how do we assign somebody who's going to be a long-term, you know, team member for you right. to, to do this work. And we'll get more into what they can do. Um, but they're not there just there for a week or for a project. They're there for as long as you your business is in existence, right? And, and how do we bridge the gap? Because we've seen that hiring VAs overseas comes with its own set of challenges, even if you're hiring directly. First is the challenge of hiring somebody. But let's say you you know, you know accomplish that and you go through hundreds of different resumes and you interview dozens of people and you pick one. And that person doesn't work out and now you've got to start again. So a lot of time can go into to that part alone. Uh-huh. So what I did after my 10 years in, in a stint in that industry, I said, okay, there has to be a better way. The better way we found was what if I just allow you as a client to actually pay the VA directly. So I create a direct relationship between you and the VA. We still handle the 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 the, the filtering, the hiring, the handholding, the questions. Um, and let me explain now the the concept of what I what I mean by geocentric because it's really important. So most of my team, my my first team, I call the alpha team, are in Davao. So the first thing I built, and that I mean, what it means is that most of the VAs are within two to three hours. Um, of Davao city center. So when I fly there or we run in-person gatherings, people can come there. What it also means though, is that they know that there is a management team there in Davao that they are accountable for. Uh-huh. Also, most of them have been referred by other VAs. So there's there's a level, there's three or four levels of accountability when we assign somebody to you. Obviously, there's accountability to you as their client. There's accountability to us as a management team, but there's also a local community-based accountability. So when I go over there and I typically go over there, you know, once or twice a year, I mean, it used to be more, but, but, but you know, increasing airfare all the time, we, we try and keep our costs low. And, and you know, yes, I can spend all my time, you know, treating, teaching them on, on technical stuff, but really it's about the soft skills. It's about the the human to human skills, how to work with a client, how to up manage a client. Because, you know, you, you know, when you're working with say VAs or someone in the Philippines or anywhere overseas, you know, things are going to happen, Paul. You know, it, it's, it's it's human nature to make mistakes. Even my my senior team members who have been working with for over 10 years will make mistakes. That's just part of being, you know, a, a business owner. So how do we manage that? How do we encourage VAs to be more transparent, to communicate? If they have a challenge and they're afraid to come to the VA, to the client, they can come to us. We'll coach them on how to handle it. Sometimes we'll step in and we'll help handle it for them. So these are just some of the benefits of how we decided to re-engineer this very you know standardized way of being in the VA business. Well, you know, it's really that team that you're talking about, that team of VAs is no different than uh, local employees in a company. They need that same kind of training and nurturing and management. Um, and I teach my my uh, coworkers and whatnot to up to manage up to their to their supervisors and to their to the managers so that so that they're taking ownership of the, like you say, um, the uh, how you work with a client, 
well, they need to how they need to know how to work with each other and bring things to their attention to say, oh, this is not working and this is why you told me to do this, but that's not going to work because of this, this, and this. You know, you don't you don't even get that kind of um commitment from a local employee these days. Yeah. And so it's a it's a a testament to your your uh, organizational skills to to be able to pull that off. So how how do they interact with uh, the clients? Uh, I know that there's a time difference. If they're if, if we're talking about working in the U.S., I mean I'm yeah, in so, the Eastern Time Zone. So most of the team actually do work the U.S. You know, it's it's one it's the one thing we can't change, Paul, and you know, and and they're okay with it because with with our model they get to be at home. So even though they're still working through the night. They get to put the kids to sleep. They start their shifts typically around 10, 11, their time. They work into the morning. They wrap up their shift. They take their kids to school. That's really important. That that ability to do that, not have to travel an hour or two hours to, to a call center, come back, you know, miss all these critical elements stalling a parent. They sleep through, they, you know, they do it. They've learned to sleep through the day. They have blackout curtains, which literally blackout <laughs> everything. Um yeah. But but you know when I in, in speaking to them they accept that this is just part of they want to, if they want to work with good U.S. clients you know they they need to do this and they don't do it resentfully they don't they're not they're not angry about it they're not it's it's just part of the culture now. Well, plus it, it sounds like this kind of pay is um, is can be kind of life changing. I mean, you're, they're scrounging at one fifty, but for five or six or seven or eight dollars an hour, that's that's a game changer for no, when know, double, was, triple your pay. When I was there in, the, in the, um, um, December last year, um, you know, I, did, I interviewed the, the, the VAs, you know, and life changing stories like first time, it's like for some of them, the first time they've been able to afford dental treatment, the first time they've been able to take a vacation to buy gifts that the kids actually want, not just something because of the, you know, because they have to buy something, yeah. to be able to have enough money to to pre plan grocery shopping and not have to like wait until the, the following week. So, I mean, things that we would often take for granted, uh, even like putting a down payment for, for you know for a motorbike right some have even bought cars and stuff so you know and again this doesn't mean that you know it's not it doesn't mean that they're being overpaid they're just yeah. being paid a a decent enough lifestyle way that they can make these decisions because you know it, it's um, i believe it's unethical for us to to think you know think of ourselves as you know entrepreneurs and serving humanity where we just try and squeeze everyone's payment down you know just just so we can have higher profits right hey look we're, right. All, we're all in the game to make profits but you know i want to at least for me i want to make sure that my team feel that they're getting what they you know what they would like to make wow and again that's why i brought you on this show because i be i believe that you there, you can always do what's right and and uh, god will reward you for doing what's right uh, and if you, and sometimes you you make sacrifices for that. Uh, so how we're since we're kind of talking about how you built that that team up, how do, how are you training them with um, the different facets of business that I might consider outsourcing, and how does AI fit into that? Yeah, so let's I'll, I'll kind of reverse um, start with the the reverse in terms of AI, right? Okay, it's challenging, and the reason it's challenging is because it's so it's changing so fast. Yeah. I mean, like you, you blink and there's another software. There's another update. Are you, you know, are you using Claude? Are you using Bard? Are you using chat GPT? I mean, even for, you know, um, one of my partners who's like lived literally living and breathing, um, you know, the AI space he feels behind and he's spending like 10 hours a day only 
in AI, right? Um, I only have a different approach, which is, okay, what is my business objective? Let's put AI aside for a second. What is my business objective? And what is the best use of either a VA or AI to help me achieve that objective versus just going down the gazillion rabbit holes that AI can take you down? Look, we know right now, I mean, the AI can pretty much do anything but wipe our ass, right? I mean, let's let's <laughs> face it. Like when it comes to business, there's literally no aspect of business that AI cannot help improve in some shape or form. Whether you are writing content, whether you're creating SOPs, whether you're creating systems, you know, whether you're um, creating a whole marketing strategy or social media strategy, right? I mean, yeah. literally, you, if you think it, there's probably an AI tool out there to do it. What that also means, though, is people are going off in, in, in gazillion different directions. And I know that because, right. you know, we'll talk more about this, but we run a productivity group that runs parallel to the outsourcing services. And I explain why we did it this way. Um, um, but but so so training, you know, saying that our VAs are experts is would, would be, you know, mythical. What we do is we give them, um, so basically starting back in May, I think it was around May, it was, actually it was in January, where I, it was January or February when I first put a message out to the, to the VAs. So, hey, you all have to learn AI, right? It, it's it's here. I kind of was watching November, December, like, where is this going to go? And it didn't really hit me until January or February that, oh my God, this is this is not just a a new software this is a radical impact on the industry. Yeah. So initially I just, I just kind of said, Hey, be on your own merit. Like we do with a lot of times. Hey, if you go learn AI, then we can position you as AI trained VAs. Then I kind of said, you know what? It's, it's got to a point where, where we have no choice, but to make sure each one of you are AI competent. Right. And what we done, what we did by that, we created a membership program uh, or a course essentially for the VAs. And you know we we can now track their progress through the course, just like anybody would go through a course. The only right. difference is when we sell courses, when when info product people sell courses, the number of people who buy these courses who go through it, uh, 10, 20%, maybe, right? Right. In our case, the VAs are tracked to a hundred percent completion, right? So if a client comes to us and says, Hey, I need an AI competent VA, um, you know, we say yes. Now, one of two things. One, we're going to find an AI who's got past what we call the 50% mark. That kind of gives them, because most of the chat GPT is the first 50% of the program. And the, the rest of it is more just awareness of video, audio, uh, presentation type stuff. Um, the first 50% is really chat GPT, prompt building, prompt engineering and stuff. Or I will tell you, hey, Paul, I have a VA. They're a good match for you in every other way, but they're new and they haven't completed the AI course yet. Are you okay with them joining you and working with you while they go through the chat GPT program, you know, um, because they really are a good fit for you. So, we, you know, we have it like a conversation, right? We're, we're partners with you. You know, we're not just here to give you somebody for the sake of giving you somebody because it doesn't serve us because our rates are so low that, you know, a one month um, of service to you, is, it does us no good. It probably costs me money to just, you know, provide you a month of service actually. So yeah. that's how we're doing the AI part, right? And oftentimes, you know, we're we're constantly watching YouTube because there's a lot of great free training, right? And there's a lot of people out there who are charging a fortune for AI training, some really good stuff out there. But a lot of stuff is just there available, right? I mean, one yeah. part of it is just raise your awareness that there's a software that does that. So I'll take that YouTube video and I'll put it in the membership platform. So, hey, look, we've just added a new video to the membership platform. Please go through it. 
So there's things like that we do to keep them up to speed. But even with that said, I'm not going to lie to you. The, the the rate of change is so quick that, you know, if I'm feeling behind and my, my partner who's feeling behind, you know, it's just a question of familiarity at this point. It's like, it's the awareness of how do I go find the right AI tool to solve that problem, right? Yeah. Now, well, I, I like how... I like how you uh, you focus on the um, the objective, and that to me that translates into use cases. So you got different use cases that uh, creating a strategy, executing a strategy, um, and you've got this productivity team. I'm assuming here, but you you have these templates and this this uh, standard operating procedures to produce these kinds of tasks. So once they become proficient at that, then then that's that task really, I mean, I I'm I have to execute a social uh media strategy, for instance, which involves posting and connecting and creating uh content and things like that. But that need is that use case is going to stay the same. Um, you're still going to need it. Now the tools that you use to execute it, that's what's going to change. The content that you're going to have. So so they still have that core understanding of what that task is and what that use case is. So it's just a matter of assimilating new tools as you, as you go. Isn't that, isn't that kind of uh, the way it works? Correct. Yeah. And and we can take a step back a little step back. Well, a step one level higher. You mentioned the word objective, right? Yeah. So I mentioned that we have, uh, so think of what we do with, 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 as a stool with three legs. Okay. And outsourcing is the most, you know, give, giving work to VAs is the, is the first leg. That's where we started. And that alone will be great when the client is super clear about their objective. Mm. Now, this may be a shock to you, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are not clear about really objective. <laughs> right? Never met any. Um, and a lot of entrepreneurs, even though they are one person, will will be attempting to run three, four, five different businesses oh, at yeah. the same time. So now you take a you know, and and I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit of a one a, a one thing. Purist is a book by Gary Keller called "The One Thing." Now I know that we never do really one thing, but yeah. the less I truly believe, the less we do, the more we're going to actually make and achieve in in, in our life. Right. So let me explain that. I believe in multiple streams of income, but I build, believe we have to build it one layer, one layer, one level at a time, which means we pick a business, make get it making money, and then we build upon it, right? What typically happens, people will pick a business, they go to a workshop next weekend, they'll get another business, and now they've got two businesses. It's hard enough to market and brand yourself as one thing. Now we've got two things. Now people layer on another three or four things. So there's no brand development. There's no focus or lack of focus. And for every one of these things, you got to have a marketing system. And believe me, I mean, God, I mean, all, all I do when I'm not, you know, this is part of our marketing per se, right? Um, is is how do we promote our business? And when we've got two, three different businesses, how is that even possible that we're really going to succeed in in all of them? But once we build one and we have a team, whether it's your internal team or a VA team that manages the the admin level of that business, right? So you can just come in and manage it at a high level. That really is about a four hour per week. And if you read the book, Four Hour Work Week, um, to how I translate that is that you can get, you can build a business and get it to where you are managing that business in about four hours a week when you have the right team in place, right? Yeah. 
Then you buy, you know, get into another business and, and stuff. So objective means we have to be clear about what is our objective. And let's say the next 90 days, right? So when people say, hey, Bijal, what do I outsource? I say, maybe that's the wrong question. The question you should be asking is, what is it you are looking to achieve in the next 30 to 90 days? Once you are clear about that objective, now the next question is, Paul, to achieve that objective, what's the best use of your time? Is it to be on 100 podcasts? Is it to do 100 YouTube videos? Now, what is what is it you should be doing to help you achieve that objective, whether it's financial, whether it's growth, whether it's solving a problem, right? Right. What it doesn't typically involve is doing you spending your valuable time on all the admin level activities that typically are needed to drive a business. Then I say, great, if that's the best use of your time, what's all the other stuff that has to be done by somebody? So either you're doing it right now or it's not being done, typically speaking, <laughs> or you've got yeah. other team members doing it, right? Yeah. And then we basically make a list of all the different tasks that will help you either achieve that objective, and that could either be a financial goal, a growth goal, or a sales goal, or whatever it may be, or overcome a challenge. Maybe your business is going through a challenge right now. So another way of looking at an objective is what's the top three challenges facing your business? Great. What's the best use of your time to solve that challenge? Okay. Right. Now you're left over with all this other stuff. So again, once we've got that, then we can go to the next level question, which is, what is it you're doing that's wasting your time? And what is it you're not doing that somebody else can do for you? So taking people through this kind of this little flow chart helps them to get really clear about what to delegate now. Now, in, in, in an ideal world, we can delegate all the different things that we don't really want to do. That's great, but we all have budgets. And that's kind of where we kind of help to really help people prioritize their focus as individuals and what to delegate to achieve the the imminent objectives and goals ahead of them. Right. So you mentioned in your um, in your talk was that the was that the VA productivity triangle that you're talking you were talking about? Yeah. So so I, look, I think of it as three types of VAs. So you yeah. go. So and, and we actually call them. We don't call them virtual assistants. We actually call them vital because the ah. word that you say, vital assistants uh-huh. is what we refer to as the humans. Okay. Yeah. Then the other side of the triangle today now is the virtual AI advisors. These are literally personas that we can build in ChatGPT or Claude that understand your business. They understand your clients. They understand your clients' pain points. They understand your clients' demographics. They understand oh. your business, and you can use these virtual. AI advisors or assistants to actually help you with your business. And your human virtual assistants or vital assistants can also use these virtual team members to help them with the business, right? Such as answering wow. emails, writing copy, writing social media, right? Now, at the bottom of this pyramid is what I call vital action priority planning. So this vital action program basically is where I meet with you know our clients and say, great, I'm going to ask you five questions. The first question is, what did you get done the last uh, seven days? Right. So reviewing. So it goes back to, you know, what you, um, you, you can, you only can change what you measure. Right. Most entrepreneurs do not measure. They don't, they don't track. They have no KPIs, yeah. but I train our clients to, to work with their VAs to be their tracking assistant. How many hours are you, are you doing each, each day, each week? Right. What are you getting done? What are you not getting done? Because if, if we had to track that, we don't, right? We 
entrepreneurs do not like to track KPIs, right? Um, as much as it's important to us, but we can use VAs to track all this stuff that we don't like to track. Number two is align. So I meet with the clients to align their priorities for the week. Now I don't, I'm not a business coach here. I'm just asking the clients, you tell me what your objective is. Just simply me asking the question helps them go from a whole bunch of stuff to, yeah. okay, well, over the next seven days, uh, Bijal, I'd really like to get these three things done. Great. What's the best use of your time to get these three things done? Well, I should be doing this, this, and this. Great. What's all the other stuff that you need to delegate to somebody, right? Maybe it's not this week, but maybe in the future, you'll think about this to get these three things done. Then they come up with a list of things to delegate. Great. So taking them through that process. So there's a five-step process. So R is, uh, it's called rapid review your, you know, where you are in your business, your progress. A is aligned to your, your core objectives. P is plan. So plan what you should do, plan what your team should do. Mm -hmm. I is identify what resources such as AI might help you achieve your objectives even faster. D is how do you drive your daily performance? And that's what the VAs can, can track on a day-to-day basis. So imagine taking a $5 per hour VA and turning them into your planning and accountability assistant, right? Wow. And people say, hey, Bijal, what's the best? What, what, give me one suggestion for, for how to use a VA. I said, well, the irony is it's not about you giving them work, but about them tracking you and seeing if you're going to do your work. And <laughs> people people resist me because they yeah. when it comes down to it, people don't want to be held accountable for showing up and getting the right things done. But I'm telling you, anybody who attempts this to, to flips, flips this role and takes a $5 per hour VA and has and asks them, hold me accountable for what I should do in my business, it's a game changer. It is truly a game changer, Paul. Well, just even asking, answering those questions, being faced with having to answer the rapid uh, formula questions, uh, they have to, uh, the entrepreneur would have to come up with, um, they'd have to be able to articulate what it is. And just that right there is clarity. You know, forget everything else. Just asking yourself those five uh, questions uh, and, and where, would be a game changer. Yeah, and where this came about, I was actually um, facilitating a high-end mastermind. People are paid anywhere between eighteen thousand to twenty-five thousand. And this is um, I was on my way. This is a two thousand fifteen. I was actually um, and I was living in India at the time with my family, and I was on, on my way. I was actually in LAX at Starbucks, and I was having this kind of struggle because these entrepreneurs have paid a lot of money. But only a few, maybe 10, 15% were doing the follow-up work post these masterminds. They'd come to these masterminds, would generate these, you know, million dollar ideas or um, you know, and would meet every every 90 days or so. 90 days later, I'd come back and very you know, they would not have implemented what they were meant to implement. Yeah. I said, wow. So they were not going from ideas to planning, and they were not certainly not going from planning to scheduling in most cases. So I was holding a couple of Starbucks and let's call it five bucks. And now it's actually more. But I said, how do I take a you know a five dollar per hour VA and have them not just do the task, but actually have them support their clients in doing the task? And that's where the whole program came about. Okay. And so can you give in a couple of examples of the uh, what you call them virtual virtual advisors? Could you give give uh, an example of the kinds of of advisors that you build? 
Yeah. So, you know, we started off the, how we fell into the AI and this part of the AI beyond just using software was um, when we started to train our VAs on, on AI, we were kind of dabbling with all different aspects of AI, especially specifically on chat GPT at this point. Yeah. And you said, great, well, you know, what's some of the, um, you know, ways we can, we can support the VAs in helping their client. So we said, okay, we need to kind of create a, a persona that understands the client's business usually better than the most clients understand their own business, right? Yeah. So started modeling the business. Anyway, to cut a long story short, from that line of thinking, we fell into creating a board of advisors, first of all, for a business. So imagine you're in the tech industry. Maybe you want Steve Jobs as a, on your board of advisors. Maybe you want Bill Gates on your board of advisors, right? Maybe you want to go for political office. Maybe you want um, you know George Washington as an advisor to you or, or you know Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So you can create these virtual advisors from any persona out there, and right? I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying is that it's probably far better than the knowledge that we have, uh, you know, and probably better than having no no person in that seat in in the business. So imagine you as a solopreneur or micro business owner could create a persona based on an operations expert or a COO. Maybe you create a persona based on the uh, on the attributes of a CFO. Maybe you create a persona based on a marketing expert. So essentially, we're training these. We're training these advisors on two things, their role, their job description, okay, mm-hmm. and the knowledge base of your business. But they're pulling from this, this deep pool of wisdom out there on how to perform this job and what to tell you when asked questions about its job. Now, think about this for a second. When we hire humans, not talking not about VAs, what do we do? We, we find somebody who's, a, who's it's the job description, right? So we, let's say we're going to hire a COO for a company. We'll go and we'll put out a resume, you know, um, uh, a request. Hey, COOs apply here. So we're yeah. taking a COO who's got experience of being a COO, and then they decide to join our business. First thing you have to do is still train them on our business, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't, they don't often come with the knowledge base of our business unless they've been in the exact same industry. Well, creating an AI persona, or you know, as we call it, um, a virtual AI advisor is no different. We train them, right? We train these advisors on our business. The same way we train human virtual assistants on our business or on their role in the business. So it's very similar whether you're working with a human or an AI on how we perceive or how we provide the training to, to both. Okay, and so... What if you really suck at training people about your business? I bet you have a way to do that, don't you? Well, You've got a questionnaire or something. So, so let, let's 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 kind of go back to the chatbot example for a second, okay? Yeah. So, as I as I we were kind of sharing right before, um, you asked me a question, right? Yeah. And a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, are it, I mean, a lot of your clients may not be say um, techies. Now, believe it or not, I am not a techie, right? I always make a joke of this and I speak that, hey, you know, <laughs> I'm one of the few Indian people on the planet, <laughs> non-technical, right? Um, yeah. You don't have to be because the technical aspect is actually not the challenging part now, right? The most challenging part of whether you're training a human or a virtual AI advisor is us pausing long enough to answer a few questions about our own business. Exactly. And therein exists the challenge, right? Which is, you know, if if, uh, if you put a client in front of me right now, I'll say, great, tell me about your business. Pretty straightforward, simple question. How many people struggle to clarify what they do, who they serve, 
what's the pain points, <clears throat> what's the benefits and features of their business, and what is it their, their product and service provides, right? right? But it doesn't take a lot of time to actually sit down and do that. You know, when I when I was creating the chatbot, the person who I who helped me create it, the technical part took probably not even 15 minutes at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it was literally push button. What took longer was him sitting with me and saying, Hey, Bijal, come up with 30 FAQs that people might ask you about your business. That, that mental energy, right. That we have to put into these things is really what, what it takes to do this. It, it, it's not that much more complicated than that. Now we can go deeper. You know, we, we create or often write two to six page prompts for, for businesses. Um, but for a lot of people, they don't need to, to go to that level, right? You can start with the basics, you know, train a, a you know, take take ChatGPT and teach it about your business. What is it your clients are looking for? How do you serve your clients? Now, you can even take ChatGPT and say, hey, write me a marketing plan. So it's basically, it, it's, it's basic in, basic out. Okay, it's complex yeah. in, complex out, and everything in between. But uh, but you know we can learn to create more complex models just by integrating you know with AI. Now a lot of companies hire us, like you know we've done we've done tech companies, we've done colleges, we've done um, a university, um, we've done a hotel. So I want to say, so we've done these different businesses and built personas at a very high level um, using ChatGPT. But really, what, what we're doing is we're we as consultants are asking questions. And getting the information from the client and then just rewriting it as prompts for chat GPT. So that's really the part we play in playing this. But um, at the very fundamental level, you know, we oh. give clients the frameworks and the, t- the templates to just go and do this by themselves. Meet my, this is uh, Kateri. She, hey. just, she just showed <laughs> up on my desk. Oh, lovely. Hey. <laughs> so you must be getting good at. Uh, eliciting requirements. When when I was in the software business, um, I would hold workshops, and I hired I hired a, an elicitation expert who was an expert in getting requirements from a business. And we and we made we made Venn diagrams and data diagrams, and uh, and all those things so that we could understand the different tasks and the different different ways that the um, that the business through through systems interacts with the so, client so no i, I hate it because last thing i want to do is sit there with you paul i know <laughs> and ask you but think about this so if i asked you to give me you know 30 40 50 faqs about your business if i said hey paul go, go do this homework come back to me when you've done these right i'll never yeah. hear from you again i am i almost guarantee it right i know it. When, I, when i started this when i started this third business um, you know, I want to, 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 to get the best results from my clients. I would need their SOPs, right? I would need their standard operating procedures or processes on how they want things done. Let's yeah. say you came to me and say, Bijal, can your VAs do social media? Absolutely. No problem. Paul, just give me your process of how you want this done. Right. Yeah. I would not hear from you. I guarantee right. you will not hear from you. Right. Even right. though it's in your head, even though today you might be doing it yourself. Right, getting you to get it out of your head onto paper is probably the most challenging thing. It is. Yeah. I said, I said, well, screw that. It's, <laughs> I'm not going to wait around because I'll never see the money. So that's a great. Hey, I've got a VA who's doing social media. They're going to start working with you. As they work with you, they're going to develop. They're going to extract, you know, accidentally the process out of your head, right? And they're going to document it for you. And then now we can. And now they're going to find ways to improve it over time. 
right? Right. Because otherwise we'll, we'll just procrastinate and we'll, we just won't, we don't do this. Now, chat GBT or say uh, the chat bots, right? What I know I need to do to build you a chat bot, right? And I don't, it's not me building you, but I'm just saying if to build a chat bot, you need two things. You need the job description. That's pretty straightforward. Um, and you need the effort, you know, you need basically a knowledge base about your business. Again, if I asked you, hey, give me some uh, you know, question and answer about your business, I probably won't hear from you. But if I say to you, Paul, go ahead and write me like, like you know, on, on this time together, I'm going to have my one of my VAs meet with you and you're going to come up with 10 FAQs about your business, right? And you don't really need the VA to be there, but because you are there with the VA, you're going to, they're going to be basically there to kind of almost like being an accountability partner or, or a kind of work partner. Yeah. Say, so, hey, Paul, um, this is them asking you now. Hey, Paul, what are what are some of the questions that you know clients ask you? Oh, they ask me about pricing and service and blah 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 blah. Great. Give me give me another five questions. Great. So they they extract the questions out of out from you. Once they've got the questions, they say, Paul, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you these questions, and we're going to record this call and just answer the questions the best you can. Right. So now they ask you a question. You basically, you know. Uh, answer the question kind of like what we're doing here yeah. we transcribe that whole conversation between you and the va that becomes the knowledge base right right so these are ways that you know uh, you know we start thinking about using vas in the way that we wouldn't normally think normally we think about oh just assigning tasks now right um, another thing that when we're working on chatbots chatbots evolve which means that um i come up with my first set of q a's which i think okay i pretty much covered the questions that you are going to ask me you interact with my chatbot, and basically, I can see what questions you're asking it behind the scenes. Right. So, so it's, you know, you're going to ask a question, which is uh, give me a perfect example. I created my first set of questions, and somebody behind the scenes, somebody asked the question, "Do you guys do funnels?" The chatbot replied, "Yes." I didn't train it to say yes. The chatbot replied, "Yes." So I had to go in. <laughs> check this out. <laughs> I had to go into the back end because I was, I was monitoring this like, uh, you know, um, in real time, uh, in the real time. And I had to answer <clears throat> to keep it consistent as the chatbot. So oh. rather than, rather than a human way of responding, I basically said, Hey, I've checked with the team. And actually right now um, we don't recommend you use a the VAs can help um, editing your funnel, but we don't recommend you use a VA to set up a funnel. Funnels are quite complicated, et cetera. So I answered it, but now I had, I had a question that somebody asked that I hadn't trained my chatbot to properly answer. So I took the FAQ, I took the question, put it into the knowledge base, and rewrote and wrote out the correct answer. So this happens all the time. Now, where the VA comes in, I don't want to be sitting there twenty four seven monitoring these questions. Yeah, right. The VA does it, and the VA basically extracts the questions from the back end, puts them into a spreadsheet. Uh, they, if they know the answer, they know how to write the answer, they, they do it. Or typically I'll come in and I'll write the answer, you know, speaking on behalf of the company. So this is how VAs and AI and everything kind of starts to integrate to, to, together, Paul. <clears throat> wow. And as you can see, my cat is all over the place. She's a kitten. She's only about 12 weeks old and she's just all over my, all over my computer on my keyboard, <laughs> everything else. So, uh, that uh, how can you assess the um, 
the performance of the uh, the the virtual assistant are not the vir- you know the the vital assistants the humans how do you how do you uh, give them feedback and and how do we manage that process working with them so that they become better yeah, trained so- in your business domain as well as Absolutely. So really, the feedback comes from the clients, right? So we, we have a, what we call a yellow flag, red flag policy, which means that the moment you have a concern as a client, wave the yellow flag. Essentially means that basically send us a message. Don't wait to for it to get better, right? Because because yeah. oftentimes, you know, you, you, a lot of clients have a lot of uh, um, patience for their VAs, which is which is wonderful, but but we like to take corrective measures as quickly as possible, right? So the Oftentimes, you know, so we create a chat group on WhatsApp between ourselves and the the client and the VA. So we're monitoring that. Sometimes it's on, it's on Slack or whatever. But we you know we, we prefer WhatsApp so we can see the conversations happening between the clients and the VAs. Now remember, we have hundreds of clients, so we know it, so we have different team members assigned different chat groups. But we may miss it. We may miss a, a communication. But if we happen to pick up a communication, and we happen to pick up a Hmm, this this seems strange. The client asked a question, the VA answered, but I don't think the VA answered ex- correctly. So we may step in and do a do a kind of correction either in the group or behind the scenes. Hey, the client asked you this question, you answered it this way. That's not correct. Please please recorrect yourself. Sometimes the the VAs you know for whatever reason don't show up on time. Again, we reach out to the VAs locally. Uh, sometimes there's weather issues, internet issues, whatever. And if you find out there is a such you know such an incident, we'll let the client know. Hey, the VA is uh, experiencing power issues. Um, please bear with us, right? So, mm-hmm. so there's, there's little things that we can do behind the scenes. The biggest thing we do though is really you know because the relationship truly still is between you and the VA. We are a support system to that relationship, which is why it's a direct hire model, which is how we can get away with not having to mark up our prices two to five times and simply charge a support fee, which is lower than most membership fees to most courses and stuff, right? So basically you're paying a membership to a VA, which we call a support fee. But it's not so much what we do for our clients, it's what we do for our VAs. And behind the scenes, you know, we have built this community. They support each other behind the scenes. We provide, um, we do a group training program every month. Um, we do an in-person gathering every three to four months, more for team building, morale, you know, community, just just mental state, really. Um, and it, it's that which allows us to continuously train the VAs to be better for their clients. And so since you talked about pricing, how, how can you uh, get all this for, uh, for such a low I know what the dollar amount is, but can you just explain how you price this and how how you can stay in business that way? Yeah, yeah. So um, I built this model for scale. Now we haven't, you know, to be very frank and transparent with you, you know, at this stage we, we've we've got it to a place where we know we have a working model. The next stage is probably going to go into raise capital so we can basically scale from the hundreds to the thousands to the tens of thousands because yeah. it's designed it's designed for scale. Right. So right, you know, so right now it's um. If, if people want to hire a VA, they come to us. There are four parts of the fee. There's a setup fee, which is $369. That allows us to basically match you with one VA. Then once we've done the match, you're happy with the match, we charge you a monthly support fee, which ranges ranges from $79, $99, or $129 a month, and it's flat. Um, and then there is security deposit. Um, again, this is one of the reasons that we attract good quality VAs is because they know if you as a client don't pay, 
we are holding a security deposit that can cover the pay, right? And the fourth fee is basically what, what you pay the VA directly mid-month and end of month for the hours that they work. So that's the base model. Uh-huh. When people want, when people want the additional support, you know, with, with the priority planning and delegation uh, training that I do every single week, then the the, the startup fee is eleven ninety seven, and then for, at least they have they have me supporting them for the first eight weeks of their relationship with their VA with these monthly calls. So very low cost, lower than most coaching programs, um, but it but it basically it it almost designed that people get things done. Right. Wow. So in your opinion, is it better to hire an agency or to hire direct? In my opinion, it's, it's to hire direct, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in my opinion, it's to hire us because you know we are <laughs> we are that bridge between the two, right? So you still yeah. get the benefit, the the cost saving benefit of hiring direct. You have that, right. that relationship. But we're there to sort of support the relationship, so you know we don't have them high markup fees. But again, as you said, we you know we've got to pay the bills, we've got to pay our management team who are there in support. But we've done it in a way in a way that's very low cost. Wow! So, as we wrap up with your final words, what are three things that our listeners should do and can do right away to put these ideas into action? Great question. You know. We're, we're, no matter where we are um, in in a business, right? We have to learn to delegate. I'm not saying you have to come work with us, but make a choice today that hey, I'm going to yeah. delegate. Because here's the thing: if we do not delegate, which means that we are doing work that somebody can do for us for five dollars per hour, right? So imagine this. So let's say you were trying to build a six figure or seven figure business. If you're trying to build a six figure business, your time value for every hour you put into your business is at least fifty dollars per hour. If working to build a seven-figure business, the time value is at least five hundred dollars per hour, right? Um, yeah. But if we are consuming, if we are filling our calendar or our time with this, with these what I call these low-level activities, but vital low-level activities that yeah. somebody has to do, then we are not allowing ourselves to create that time value. You know, the the, the the what we are putting into the business is not giving us the ROI that we want. So, one, make a decision that hey. Delegate something. I don't care what it is, but delegate. Start delegating something that takes something off your plate, or something that you are resisting. So that comes to point number two. Make a list of all these activities that are what I call below your pay grade. Right. So things that you are doing currently that are below your pay grade. Step right. three: Make a list of all the things that you're resisting doing, haven't done, but know that will be vital for your business. And that's going to be the the, the first three parts of the the outsourcing formula um you know that we basically help our clients with okay well my cat's all over me some more (laughs) i don't know oh that's great so there you have it why wouldn't you i mean i'm going to ask you you should take these things into action uh these three three uh tips but why wouldn't you want to uh outsource the things that you shouldn't be doing. I mean, we do so many things as entrepreneurs, uh, and especially when we're solo, we do all these things. And we, gosh, I wish, I wish I could have someone do this for me. But there's no time to teach them. Well, you've got to take a, a step back and and assess what what Vigel says. Uh, assess what you shouldn't be doing, and 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 delegate it. So let me let me it, quickly add these these three myths. Um, just not to go over time, but the yeah. first myth is. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not big enough, right? I don't, I don't, I'm not big enough. I don't have the budget. Yeah. 
Well, we have the, what we call the $5 a day VA program, which means that somebody like I've got a cup of coffee here, not the Starbucks cup right, right now. Yeah. So we, we've made it possible for somebody to start with it with a budget of $5 per day to hire a VA, right? That's not, that's not where we want people to end up, but we want people to exercise their ability to delegate. So the price, the, the price objection is, is gone. Next is, I don't know what to outsource. The process we, we 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 walk you through will get you to come up with something to delegate, even if it's one or two things. So that's number two. And the third one basically is, um, <clears throat> you know, the hiring and the, the managing. We 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 handhold you through that. So the three big objections that people have always had about outsourcing, we help you overcome all three. Right. Perfect. Well, then there you go again. Um... I'm looking at your gift. Can you tell us about your gift? My cat just erased the gift out of my notes here. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I love it. That that's 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 real life uh, in in an AI conversation, right? Yeah, it is. So so uh, essentially, the outsourcing ROI blueprint is an extended version of the three questions I just shared, right? So it's going to walk you through six questions that's going to help you not just identify what to delegate, but to prioritize what you should delegate, even if you are on a $5 per hour or $5 per day budget. Right on. And that you can get that at www.bweepicoutsourcing. It's actually on my t-shirt right here. There There we go. Right, right there. B-E-E-P-I-C outsourcing.com. Again, www.bweepic outsourcing.com. Yeah, and, and pick and, up your your guide today. And let me and, just explain this real quick. So E stands for efficiency, P stands for productivity, I stands for helping you become more intentional, and the C stands for helping you complete things that you start. Okay, and so I have to ask you, what's the what's the thing with the B? I know your your name is spelled. I love it. Thank B-W-E. you for the question. So <laughs> bees are actually a symbol of productivity, right? So yeah, entrepreneurs. Think of ourselves as entrepreneurs as the beekeeper, right? Our job is to cultivate the bees. The bees are the one doing the buzzing around, getting everything done, right? They create the honey that we take to the market, right? right. So the, 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 the beekeeper suit, I look at as protecting ourselves from the busy work, right? So that's that's the symbology. So bees a, are already you know, historically a, a symbol of productivity, but more to that is the relationship between a beekeeper and the bees such as the entrepreneur and the, the team. But his, I'll leave you with this like three. The bee also is symbolic of something else. Bees serve their unique purpose. Bees serve their hive and bees serve humanity. I believe that we entrepreneurs need to serve our unique purpose. We need to serve our community and we need to serve humanity. I think if we can do that, we'll all be better entrepreneurs. Right, for the, for the, uh, for the glory of the common good and for the glory of God, for sure. So. Well, there you have it again. Thank you, Bijel. Uh, and remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. And until next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show, I'm Paul Guyon. So long for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, 
subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show. Thank you.